Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, here with the only twin that's looking mighty sexy in his tank top. Oh, yeah. Mm, I'm back. I'm back in the New York groove. I'm not in Ithaca. No, you, he's back. We actually, Jason's not here today because he has law school stuff to do, so we're going to be coming at you. We're going to be doing a people's podcast. Did you hear me on that one? We're going to be doing a people's podcast uh, where we are going to take questions from the people. Uh, Patreon obviously has their first crack at it because they give us money. So, And then you have the Twitter questions. So we have a few questions for you, and we're just going to talk some football. So uh, before any further ado, the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast begins now. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. So for those of you who are familiar with our brotherly situation, we are of Greek descent. Mm -hmm. We say Petrop because it's easy, but our real last name is Petropolis. Correct. Um, you would be surprised because we say it pretty quickly and it sounds, it sounds simple enough. Petropolis, you'd be surprised how many people can't read that shit for the life of them. The, the main, the main one I get is Petropolis. Petropolis. I get Petropolis. Petropolis. Which doesn't make sense because it's OU. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so we are Greek and the reason why I'm saying that is because we are doing something called Lent. And what is Lent? It's a situation where you are supposed to fast for 40 to 50 days, roughly, depending on the year, before Greek Easter. Uh, it's a religious thing. Um, we're not particularly religious. It's not like we go to church every Sunday or anything like that. So, uh, you know, we give it our own spin. It's ca- Catholic as well. You know, we honor it. We honor it. Yeah, but Catholics only do, like, no meat on Friday and I think Wednesday. No, for Catholics a- do for the full Lent as well. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's for just Friday and Wednesday. If you're a Catholic, you let us know. But um, anyway, that started for us on Monday. So I've decided to take this time, and instead of giving up meat, because meat is a very essential part of my diet, considering the fact that I'm lactose intolerant and I'm gluten intolerant and all these intolerances, I decided to do something called Lit Lent. And to give you an idea about what Lit Lent is, um, you can follow me on Instagram at Tim Petrop on Instagram. That's where I'll be doing all this stuff. And we have a whole little community that's being built around Lit Lent. And what it is is, if you are if you listen to me at VM, you know that I did something called No Excuse November last year, where I had some rules for myself during this time. So I'm gonna give you guys a little updates every week, let you know how I'm doing. Hopefully, you can join the club. If you want to join the club, we even have a an Instagram group chat where everyone's kind of pushing each other and making some noise about it. So we very, very cool. Uh, a lot of Brodo OGs in there, a lot of VMOGs in there, a lot of, uh, and then just a couple of my friends. So there's three, there's four rules. You ready for the first one, Michael? Sure, hit me. Intermittent fasting. You know what intermittent fasting is? You don't eat for a certain period of time. Right, so you take... All the food that you're going to eat in a day and you condense it into a certain period of time. The reason for that is to reset your um, metabolism and reset your immune system and to reset your blood sugar levels so that everything starts anew. Because when we were in the wild, we were just like these hunter-gatherers going out there. We would make our kill and we'd have one big meal for the day and that would be it. And our bodies would have a chance to reset. So that's kind of the, the goal of that. And I'm going to be fasting for 16 hours. And I'm going to tell you what. It's going to be rough. It's going to be a rough 16 hours today because I'm already hungry. 
and I am on hour three of my intermittent fasting, and I'm already hungry. So, um, I if if I'm a little like agitated during the show, you know that's why. Um, <laughs> um, number two, and this one hits me close to my heart: no alcohol or drugs of any kind during this time. For those of you who are out there who drink alcohol on the regular, you know that um, alcohol tends to have adverse effects on on gaining weight. On the other hand, smoking weed or anything like that tends to give you some munchies. So both good for the losing weight process. Michael, do you have anything to say about any of this? It's just going to be me talking for like 10 minutes. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I guess I'm doing lit, lit Lent with you just kind of like on my own thing. Yeah, it was slightly all, it was different. All, Jason's in the group chat. I mean, I don't use Instagram first off, and second off, whack. I started uh, a intense diet roughly two weeks ago, so I'm just kind of sticking with that. Michael looks good. I don't know if you guys know. Michael lost some weight. Yeah, Michael lost to lose a lot more. Pounds. It's been like two and a half weeks. No red meat. No dairy. No bread. No pasta. No rice. No cookies. Nothing for like two and a half weeks now. So and you were you went on a little kick before this, where you were eating some pretty like. You were baking cakes with your girl, and you were, like, making pasta all the time. Damn girlfriends. (laughs) She's mad skinny, though. How'd she stay skinny and you got fat? It beats me how she (laughs) stays so damn skinny. Like, she never gains weight. It blows my mind. All she does is, like, eat cheese and cookies and stuff. (laughs) Greek women, bro. I don't know where they put it. Um, Number three is working out at least a little bit every day. So today I worked out for half an that hour. I've been doing as well. Uh, I I went I worked out for an hour yesterday. You don't want to kill yourself. You don't want to overdo it. So some days it's just going to be like just push ups and sit ups. Um, but yes, we're that too. And then uh, finally, uh, we're gonna eat paleo. So that means you're gonna eat anything from the ground. So meat, veggies, kind of like what Michael said. You're cutting out dairy. You're cutting out. Everything that basically I'm not gonna repeat what he just said, but everything that Michael just said basically means eat paleo. So you're eating natural. Also cutting out junk food and any type of sugar or any type of refined sugar like uh, white potatoes, like sweet potatoes. All right. It's it's always gets me that sweet potatoes have less sugar than white potatoes. I love sweet potatoes, dude. Ah, I can't get on board with the sweet potato. What? man. I like it. Don't get me wrong. I, I will eat it. But it, it, it doesn't even hold a candle to white potatoes. I disagree. Sweet potatoes are one of my favorite things on earth. And they're be- better than white potatoes for you. Not for or like, like flavor. It, your taste buds? Yeah, I prefer sweet potatoes. Really? Yeah, I love sweet potatoes. I don't even put butter on it. I don't put anything on it. I just I cut it in half, pick it up, and eat it like an apple. Yo, you're like my wife, bro. She puts she puts that shit on everything. Sometimes I'll put some cinnamon on it. it gives it a nice little kick. She like she doesn't she can't eat grains at all, so she doesn't eat rice or anything like that. So she'll like instead of on a bed of rice, she'll put something on a bed of like a baked sweet potato cut in half. Very and she smart. just downs it. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. And it keeps you satiated. Like, I, I eat sweet potatoes every day, but it's just like, eh, it's whatever. <laughs> no. I love what, about, what about sweet potato fries versus french fries? That's a type of day type thing. Like, I'm not choosing between those. It depends. If I, like, I'm in a sweet potato type of mood. But, I mean, you can't beat a good normal french fry. Let's be honest. I mean, yeah, you're right. French fries, that's one of the hardest things to when give When me and Jason and were chips, in a... I love fried potatoes, bro. Fried potatoes are so good. When me and Jason were in Belgium visiting uh, last January or so, I believe, uh, there's this place, I I forget the name, but it's in Belgium and it's supposed to be like the best uh, fry you ever have. I don't know if you guys ever listened to uh, Revisionist History is a different podcast with Malcolm Gladwell. Very interesting. 
He talks about how McDonald's used to have the best fries because they used taro, which is like a beef fat. And then they had to stop using that because of health concerns and stuff that are basically not true. It's a it's a pretty crazy, um, pretty crazy podca- podcast. But this place still uses that. So it's like Oof. it's different than the fries here. And we got there. We just each got a big ass stack of French fries, me, Jason and our girlfriends. And we're eating it and we're like. You know, these are really good fries, but these aren't, like, life-changing. But we are like, these are really good. Then we go to dinner. That was, like, our lunch. We go to dinner a couple hours later. Uh, we end up getting more French fries. Me and Jason take a bite of the French fry, look at each other, and are like, damn, French fries are forever ruined. <laughs> <laughs> the French fries, the difference <laughs> of the flavor and texture of, like, the normal French fries and the French fries we had from that. It's literally just, like, a hut in the middle of a block with, like, five windows not a hut it's like a store with like five windows you could order from and all they have are french fries like they're just shoving out french fries each day and i think they have like chicken fingers too if somebody wants something else but it's pretty nuts and it was like ridiculously delicious and they do it for who what do you mean they do it with what the beef fat yeah i mean things cooked in beef fat in general are delicious but they're super bad for you yeah and it ended up being just now we always think about those fries when we eat fries. <laughs> it's hard not to. Yeah. Fries are hard to fuck up. It's like pizza. It's like if you fuck up a fry, you suck. I don't know. There are a lot of places where like Shake Shack has the best burgers on earth. Like if you're if you're talking, don't come at me with In-N-Out. All right. That's not even close. Like it's not even comparable. But their fries slack. Like those those like thick crinkle cut fries. I'm just not a fan of. Really? I like crinkle cut. Like Like the Nathan's. Like, they have to be crispy on the outside. That Shake Shack doesn't do that. Hmm. So, it's just like a large, soft potato you're eating. But I don't, I'm not trying to eat, like, potato like that when I get fries. Like, I want, like, a crunchy potato. I get I get that. But, like, Nathan, have you ever had Nathan's fries at, like, like the ballpark? The crinkle cut? cut? Yeah, those are decent. Those but are fire, like, I prefer bro. I prefer the, the normal, like, uh, you know, vertical length, crispy fries. See, I like, I like the crinkle cuts where, like, you get the soft, pillowy potato in there. I like that shit. If it's crunchy on the outside, then. Yes. My mouth is watering uh, OD right now, and I can't eat And if anything. you don't eat fries with ketchup, you're you're just ruining you're ruining your fries. Fries are technically just a vessel for ketchup, is it not? Basically. <laughs> well, I also like hot sauce on my fries, though. A little sriracha. Fire. That's another uh, thing. Belgium, they give you, uh, like, all European countries, really, give you mayonnaise when you order French fries. Yeah. You have to order... You have to ask specifically for ketchup. I'm not a fan of mayonnaise. I'm not a big mayonnaise guy either. I only eat it if it's in like a tuna salad or egg salad. But even then, I don't eat that very often. All right. So we got some. Uh, let's get into this. How, how much time we got? Like 10, we, we 10 minutes? In 11 minutes like discussing food. Uh, well, anyway, if you want to continue that journey, you could follow me at Tim Patrop. Or we can also you can also just like listen. I'll be giving weekly updates on how I'm doing and my weight. First weigh-in, I'm going to say it. I'm a little embarrassed. 243. It's the highest I've been in a long time. you got to start somewhere, right? My highest ever was 249. Ever in my life. And I'm almost there right now. So this this plantar fasciitis that I got is kicking my ass, but I'm literally ignoring it and just going through it. Like yesterday, we were playing basketball, me, Michael, and my brother, John, and I felt like I was stable to the floor. Shit was so horrible. But... I loved it afterwards. Yeah, that was. I that got was my fun. sweat on. Um, but yeah, I couldn't miss that first game of basketball. 
fucking you cash were, money. Yeah, you were <laughs> killing it. From three, too. You're not really a three-point shooter. You're more of a mid-range I've guy. I've extended a, a bit further. Have you? Yeah. Have you? Well, me and Michael are also... Uh, but I'm definitely a better mid-range shooter. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Michael is a crafty lefty. So he'll, like, fake, and then he's he's got this jumper from, like, the, the elbow of the free throw line. Is that what you call it? The elbow of the free throw line that's just cash every single time. Um, we're starting a, a basketball team playing in a Greek league. We've mentioned we're Greek mad times in this in this one. <laughs> but we're playing in a Greek league against other Greek people. It's like the men's Greek Orthodox basketball league because uh, we are not ready for, like, a YMCA yet where the competition's crazy. But we haven't some, played some Greek players in too. a – I mean, I haven't played in a – on a competitive basketball team since I was like twelve. So last competitive basketball team that I played on, we went we had no wins. We were called the Tropics. We got dunked on. Like we were in a league that we had no business being in. Like our tallest guy was six, that. let's get tropical. Yeah. Our tallest guy was six four and we were playing against kids who were like their point guard was six four. We it was it was an a mismatch was an understatement. Um but anyway uh, let's get to these people podcast questions. The people's podcast again is questions that are submitted by you, the people. Hey, all you people! Um, join us on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Brodo Fantasy. If you want to be part of the community, you get to give us questions uh, and get the first crack at the questions and things like this. And also, you have a bunch of extras. We're doing a giveaway that we are going to talk about on the Patreon, um, on the Patreon episode this week. We're gonna be we're doing a um, a Discord. We got an extra episode. We have... Uh, did I say giveaways already? Yeah. If you sign up in the next couple of days, Fantasy Baseball Leagues. Fantasy Baseball Leagues. We have Fantasy Football Leagues when Fantasy Football starts. Um, you can talk to us directly. So a lot of extras, uh, plus, men, plus much, much more that I'm not just remembering off the top of my head. Uh, a lot of extras that you can get on the patreon so as little for as little as three dollars a month you can get all these extras so go ch- uh, please support us check us out patreon.com slash broto and if you're a patron you you're the only one who understands d train i hate you <laughs> i hate you forever um so you want to get right into this let's do it uh g martini one of the uh one of the ogs of this podcast and of this patreon what potential landing spots would be ideal for a rookie running back where you would be all in for that rookie? That's a good question. Uh, so when it comes to – you think about, like, the, the Buccaneers, of course, obviously, that comes to mind right away. I think but that's like, the number one destination. The Bruce Arians offense is more passing-based, and the running backs really didn't do much this season. Kenny and Drake had a nice end to the season, but – there were reports that David Johnson was going to get traded, and then they said he's actually going to stay because of how much money he costs. Yeah, he's got a So if a rookie big... running back goes there, I don't know if he's going to play entirely, and David Johnson just takes a complete backseat. So I feel like there might be, it might be a little interesting for a rookie running back. You mean the car? Are you talking oh, about I the mean, Cardinals right now? Well, I just I just went way back where Bruce Arians yeah, talking you about just had the, a, a, a the Bruce, Cardinals. Bruce I, first, I was because I was going to talk about the Cardinals and then the Buccaneers back to back. So yeah, the Cardinals. You could say maybe they'll go after. Yeah, they got Kenyon Drake. They got David exactly. Johnson. But if they let Kenyon Drake go, which, which could happen, which could happen because they're paying David Johnson so much, and then if they bring in someone like not like a one A type of guy, like one of those Jonathan Taylors or DeAndre Swift, if they bring in like one of the lower tier running backs, like a. Maybe some people would find this uh, blasphemous, but like a Cam Akers or a Zach Moss, things like that. players like that. I don't know if they play every snap or, or if they split work with David Johnson, and they might be fool's gold drafting them 
as early as they might go. And then in Tampa with Bruce Arians, <laughs> the actual Bruce Arians, his offense is more geared towards the air. I think it would help if Jameis Winston leaves. It would help the running game because Jameis Winston just likes to chuck it downfield nonstop. And if they bring in a more conservative quarterback. But again, we saw, I mean, Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones were decent. And sure, Peyton Barber's probably a goner, but Ronald Jones wasn't terrible last season. And I mean, they spent high capital on him, too. I don't know if they're going to spend high capital again on a running back. Second-round pick. So, for me, it's Houston. Because no matter what happens, for some reason, Duke Johnson never gets a fair shake at the running back position. And Carlos Hyde is, like, 97 years old and just isn't as good anymore. So, I don't is Carlos Hyde even still on contract? No. I just completely blanked on Carlos Hyde, but I don't think he's on contract anymore. No. Yeah, so I, if I they mean, don't... he could be brought back, but he's not currently yeah, on the team. Yeah, so Texas. he's not currently on the team. So if they decide to go and get like a Jonathan Taylor or DeAndre Swift and really try to help Deshaun Watson in the running game because he gets hit a lot and he scrambles a lot, if a, a, an actual running game would help him out there. So I wouldn't be shocked if, they, if they're the ones who go out to get the first running back off the board. And that's what I think would be my favorite landing spot. I think I agree with you with the Texans. I think the Texans is clear. But, you know... It's tough because, I mean, it's hard. It, to be honest with you, it is, what, March what right now? It's 5th. 5th. It's March 5th. This is legit the slowest time for football. You know, I mean, the draft is, combine is just starting, and you don't really, you know, there's not really any rumors that the draft is still over a month away. The season's, the season, the Super Bowl ended a month ago. The season is not coming for another few months so it's just like uh we we, you know we got to talk about something last year the ideal landing spot for a running back was the bears the bears right we talked about that a lot and look what happened a rookie came in who was highly touted a top pick their first pick in the draft david montgomery third round pick and he busted all over the place well i like the bills better than the bears as a landing spot but they were those were basically the top two. Right. I mean, spots. Devin Singletary had a good yeah. year. Yeah. Um, but he took him a little while to get there. Um, I think you have to look at the Chargers too. The Chargers have two running backs right now that are on free agent that are both free agents. So if Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon both leave, bada bing, bada boom, you have yourself a situation where you have a, a place where running backs have thrived for years. But you do Man. have a new quarterback situation. Melgo's gone, first of all. Without a doubt. And whichever team pays him, I tweeted this earlier today, 98% chance that they regret it and try to get rid of him with years left on his contract. There's no way that doesn't happen. But I want to say Austin Eckler is a restricted free agent, so they can match any offer he receives. Austin Eckler is literally the exact human you want in your backfield at this point in the NFL. Like, he is the best pass-catching back. According to PFF and just watching him, like he's him and Christian McCaffrey are, are clearly the top two pass catching backs in the league. And that's what you want in today's NFL, especially when he's also a solid runner through the tackles. Like he's not an amazing running back, like strictly running back, but he's an amazing player in the backfield through the air and combined with his running uh, attempts. So if I, Austin Eckler is going to be undervalued, in my opinion, I think. I don't see a team going crazy offering him like a four-year, $32 million contract. So let's He's trans- probably going to get $5 million a year max. Let's transition to the next question because that is one question that we got for a lot. Big Will uh, said, where did we draft Austin Eckler last year? N- this year. 
Let's assume he stays with the Chargers. No Phillip Rivers, who it's it is something to say that Phillip Rivers has peppered his running backs with targets over and over again, from Ladanian Tomlinson to Melvin Gordon to Austin Eckler. His running backs have been wide receiver ones for years now. Right, and Austin Eckler, there was six running back 100-yard receiving games last year, and Austin Eckler had three of them. So it gives you an idea of how valuable he is out of the backfield, but it is... It is, you know, worrisome. Let's we don't know who the quarterback's going to be with the Chargers, and but Eckler also lines up out wide, which is beautiful. I mean, one of his touchdowns I remember watching with Jason because we uh, we owned Eckler everywhere. Basically, they threw him a screen on the outside. Bam, he was gone. A seventy-yard touchdown. Yeah. Another time, he just ran a streak up the sideline. Bam, like forty-yard touchdown. If people think he's like this small scat back, if you follow him on Instagram, which I started doing recently, dude's jacked. Yeah. Dude is jacked, bro. He's doing some crazy workouts, sir. Yeah. And he's not little jacked. Like, he's not just ripped skinny guy. He's fucking jacked. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm telling you, people always have draft stock in the back of their mind as, like, their tell-all type of thing. And he's undrafted, so people still hold that against him. And it's stupid. So, where do you think he'll, he'll be drafted next year? Where should people draft him? Let's say that... Let's say that... A rookie quarterback is in the, with the Chargers, which is the most likely scenario, and that Austin Eckler resigns, and they're just they just traded Russell Okung away for another offensive lineman though, so at least they're doing that. Yeah, Tunsil, I think straight Tunsil. up that was odd. not Tunsil. No, was it not Tunsil? Put it oh, it's Trey Turner from the uh, right. Trey Turner. Trey Turner from the uh, from the Panthers. I was gonna say Tunsil. There's no way they just gave Tunsil a giant no, deal. No, He's yeah. much better than Russell Okung. They play the same position. So yeah. If you haven't listened to our first mock draft of the season a couple of weeks back, go do that. We had a mock draft, and we drafted Austin Eckler in the second round. If they don't bring in another running back, because I feel like they might just make him a, a Duke Johnson type of guy where he's just not going to get a fair shake as the lead guy, even though every single time he is a lead guy, he absolutely dominates. If he's the lead guy, for me... I think I'll be able to get him in the second round, but I wouldn't mind drafting him late first. Like, we've seen what he can do when it's his own backfield. Like, he was the running back one without Melgo over the last two seasons. Yeah. The running back one. Not just a running back one. The running back one. And I think there's something to be said about that, especially because, look, um, a little bit of a, a thing. We're going to make this a surprise, but if you're listening, you'll know. We're going to give out the Patreon episode for free for the first time this year, um, just as a little free preview so you can understand what you're missing if you aren't a patron. A patron. So I have a list of things that we're going to be talking about about Austin Eckler. Nice. Just a list of things that you would not believe. I don't even know anything that's coming either. You don't. That's the best part. You don't. So, But let's move we on. We also from- have a... Uh- <laughs> A drop surprise. <laughs> Tim got the best drops coming in the next Patreon episode. So let's move on from Austin Eckler, though, because um, that will be discussed at length, I promise. Fair, um, fair. I got another one. If Tampa Bay moves on from Jameis Winston and gets Phillip Rivers or Teddy Bridgewater or someone else, that does not that does what does that do for Evans and Godwin? And would a new QB be better for Howard, or is it just the scheme? Solid question. So, first off, Evans and Godwin. Any quarterback not named Jameis Winston's endowed great for both of them. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say any quarterback, but any quarterback that's available right now. Yeah, I don't. I just don't see how 
any quarterback except Jameis Winston's ridiculous slinging the ball way of playing remains there. Like, there's no way they're two wide receiver ones again. I mean, Chris Godwin was on pace to be a top three wide receiver when Mike Evans went down, and Mike Evans was on pace to be like a top seven receiver, I think, or something of that sort. Yeah. Obviously, Evans got hurt, so he fell down a little more. He still might have ended as a wide receiver one overall on the season, and Chris Godwin was a top two or three wide receiver. I just don't see that happening with anyone other than um, Jameis Winston, his 30 touchdown, 30 interception season. Like, this dude just slings the ball, and I love it personally. Like I'm a fan of James. It's Winston. great for fa- <laughs> it's great for fantasy. It's like, a great fantasy. He's a great fantasy player. But you, yo, if I was a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, I would be frustrated. I'm just saying, if I hell. was a team like the, like the Dolphins or like the Chargers or something like that, and you just wanted to take a shot on a one or two year deal, I'd do it with Jameis Winston. The Chargers, it makes sense because if he could just cut down his interceptions, dude just got eye surgery too. Like he's clearly trying. <laughs> yeah. He could be a good quarterback, man, because he makes some crazy throws. As he also makes some crazy bad throws. Yeah. But like it's not easy doing what he does on an offense, like the way he does it. And so I mean, if like if Teddy Bridgewater goes there, pff, I'm not owning Edvins or Godwin. You think so? What what about the fact Teddy that Teddy Bridgewater is a bad quarterback? But what about the fact that Bruce Arian's system calls for plays down the field? Teddy Bridgewater is a bad arm. What I wouldn't say he has a bad arm. He That's wild. He's a dink and dunk passer, man. I mean, in his career so far. But he, he's, he's not never, accurate downfield is more he's in never, line. He's never been uh, in an offense that demands that of him. Because he can't. So they gear the offense. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater Towards is going running to the and dink and dunks. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater is yeah, going yeah. to the Bucks because of that reason. But, but I, I mean, it, it, it is. It does. It begs the question. It's like, what came first, the chicken or the egg, right? It's what makes the quarterback valuable, the system or his talent. Yeah, You know what I mean? If it was like Dak Prescott or something, then it would be exciting because Dak Prescott in a Bruce Arians offense, like he was already uh, keeping Cooper and Gallup afloat. Both of them ended as top 20 receivers. But they're more inconsistent than Evans and Godwin were. I mean, Evans was pretty damn inconsistent. Chris Godwin was very consistent, so... I mean, it's tough, but Jameis Winston is my... Without Jameis Winston, I would not feel great about the Evans-Godwin combo. And as for the O.J. Howard question, O.J. Howard, since they started tracking targets... This is Mike Tiglieri, who, who I'm giving this credit to. Since they started tracking targets since 1992, there has been just one tight end who's averaged more than 10 yards per target in his career, minimum of 100 targets. you know who that person is? Ovarius J. Javarius Howard. Ovarius Javarius Howard, yes. Um, the other, the closest are Rob Gronkowski, 9.9, Mark Andrews, 9.5, and George Kittle, 9.4. So OJ Howard is getting the looks deep downfield. Do you, the, did you feel tingles when you said Mark Andrews? I always feel tingles when I say Mark Andrews. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, OJ Howard is getting the looks downfield. So the question is, like, is a. But it, a lot of that was former seasons. Yeah, I think he needs a complete change of scenery. I think that James, I think that Jameis Winston and Bruce Arians are just not a good combination for OJ Howard. Yeah, Bruce Ari- and Bruce Arians was like talking shit last year, man, saying like he needs to do better. So like he's he's clearly kind of in the doghouse of Bruce Arians. The only way OJ Howard might be a little more interesting is if Philip Rivers go there goes there because Philip Rivers loves his tight ends. Antonio Gates, Hunter Henry, Virgil Green, whoever was playing, he liked the Peppers tight end with targets. But 
as long as O.J. Howard's there in the Bruce Arians offense, who has just never used a tight end, even when they have someone as talented as O.J. Howard, you just you can't trust it. From our patron Shiz, he said, It would be cool to see a list of underperformers from last year that you guys think will bounce back up to being elite and who will regress even further slash stay down. Now, we're going to have an episode later in the offseason based solely on this. But we'll give you a couple people that we, you know, just think about right off the top. Right? So what's one person that comes out to your head that is a due for a bounce back? I think for – actually, you know, I'll start because I got to get this off my chest. I think Alvin Kamara is due for a big bounce back season. I think when fair, you look at fair. Alvin Kamara and you see what happened to him, he got hurt, and when he he got hurt, and he slowed down a lot. And you can't forget the guy that he was. He was a record breaker the season before. He did the most with the littlest um, carries and touches of any player in fantasy history. And again, check out our next episode. I got some cool stats that I'm going to spit out for you there, but I don't want to give it away too much right now and have like the same episode twice. You know what I mean? Um, but I think that he's one person that right off the bat, I'm like, this guy is due for not only a comeback, but a giant comeback where he could be the running back one next season. Yeah, Alvin Kamara is a stud. Yeah, he's a, stu- he's a studly stud- studderson. But for me, I'm going to go with two guys here um, that I just think are going to be undervalued. Not really that they had terrible years last year, but one, Tyler Boyd. I think he's going to be going outside the top 30 receivers again. I think it's going to be a big mistake. Because he was very good last year with Andy Dalton in. If you I, check I the even stat say line, he had a bad season though. But you expected more from. out of him if you were drafting him in the sure. fourth, fifth round. Sure. And then I'm gonna go Hunter Henry because Hunter Henry is a stud of a tight end, and he he got hurt last year. He came back. He had some monster games, and then he slowed down a bit. No matter who the quarterback is, even even if it's a rookie quarterback. Rookie quarterbacks especially, they're going to want to pepper their uh, their tight ends with targets across the middle of the field, make the easy throws. So I feel like Hunter Henry is going to be a nice candidate as well to bounce back and join uh, join that uh, upper echelon of tight ends. Le'Veon Bell is another one for me. I think that Le'Veon Bell has a bounce back season. I think the Jets have made it very clear that they want to invest in the O-line this offseason, and I think that's the number one weakness on the team. And you see this a lot with teams where – they're kind of just like hanging around, and then they fix their O-line, and then all of a sudden they become a contender. I think the Jets are in line to do that, depending on what kind of O-line moves they make. And Le'Veon Bell needs a good O-line to be successful. So I think that Le'Veon Bell has a good chance of bouncing back. What about guys who fell last year and are still on the falling, falling, falling? Like guys who fell and now they're just going to... that The tumble continues? The tumble continues. Well, one... Jimmy Graham. I mean, I just got to put this out there because that tumbleweed is tumble. Who was it? Adam Schefter, who said playmaker Jimmy Graham is leaving the Packers. Yeah. And I was like, holy moly, they just called Jimmy Graham a playmaker. If you even consider owning or streaming Jimmy Graham next season, no matter where he ends up, even if he ends up on the Patriots, the entire team gets hurt and it's just Jimmy Graham and uh, Tom Brady throwing to each other, still not playing him. <laughs> um, I, I agree with you. I think my big one is T.Y. Hilton. I'm done. To Jiminy, a cricket Hilton? So I'm done owning to Jiminy, a cricket. Like, it's, yo, to Jiminy needs to take a seat because this is not the first time he's been injured. 
He's been injured multiple times in his career. He no longer has Andrew Luck, his literally his best friend, literally, to throw him the ball. He has Jacoby Brissett instead. And if even if Phillip Rivers... Well, it's going to be a new quarterback next season. Even if Phillip Rivers comes in, which is what seems to be like the consensus of what's going to happen, um, I don't trust Phillip Rivers to get him the ball regularly like that. I just don't trust him to stay healthy. I think that he has his best days are behind him. Yeah, I really do. It's unfortunate. It's, it's a lot of injuries, and now he's getting up there. In age too, right? I mean, it, he he just wasn't even even when he was in the game, he had like a, a couple big games that made um that made his I don't know his season look better than it was, but it was a pretty rough season. Yeah, it was a pretty rough season. I'm also gonna throw Sammy Watkins out there. I'm not drafting Sammy Watkins next season. I didn't own him anywhere last season. After week one, I was like, damn. I guess I was really wrong about Sammy Watkins. He might not and, even play next year. Yeah, he might. He's, he was talking about retirement. And boy, was I glad about not owning, owning Sammy Watkins. The Lizard like, King himself. Yeah. Sure, week one owners were probably ecstatic if they were even starting him. But then after that, starting him was just entire, entirely fool's gold. And he was just terrible when in your lineup. And it was just really, really rough. Tingle fam member DJX Ruckus at Jex. At JexXHawks on Twitter says, with Eckler looking to be the main back for the Chargers, but them also having a massive change of QB, what do you think um, he should be taking? All right, so we already got that. We basically mm-hmm. talked about that already. Um, there's Casanova, another Tingle member and another OG, says, what is your perfect free agent move for fantasy? Perfect hey. free agent move. Hmm. Let me think about this because there are a lot of free agents, a lot of teams, and we can get creative here. You can if it's a perfect free agent move. I think Dak Prescott to the Buccaneers is my perfect free agent move. But like, I'd prefer Jameis to the Bucks. I wouldn't. Imagine someone who could go downfield and actually. Get the ball to the, his receivers and not throw interceptions. Do you know that of catchable balls to wide receivers last year, three Cowboys were in the top ten: Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, um, and one more Cowboy that I cannot remember off the top of my head. I believe Randall Cobb were in the top ten in in catchable balls to at least twenty five yards downfield. And that's a testament to Dak Prescott being able to go downfield, and he can go down the field with the best of them accurately. Interesting. You know what? I'm going crazy here. I'm going like multiple things happening. So Tom Brady returns to the Patriots. James White is out the door. Rex Burkhead's out the door. Do you know James White led the league in red zone targets last year? That's crazy. And Austin Eckler heads to the Patriots. Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) That would make me jizz Austin Eckler juice everywhere. We're, this has become the Austin Eckler show. They give him an offer he can't refuse. Sonny Michelle could sit in the back after that abysmal season he just had. <sighs> Frustrating. I tried telling people. You did. Frustrating. Um, all right. So last question here, and this is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode, but remember, we're giving you two episodes for free this, this week. Yeah. So tune into our other episode. We'll release that tomorrow. So we don't want to stack them up together. So tomorrow we'll release the next episode. Um Last episode, where are you drafting Joe Burrow or Tua in a dynasty Superflex league? Interesting. There's a, if it's a startup or if it's a 
rookie draft. It's. I think you have to assume you it's think a rookie about draft. Both ways. So say it's a rookie draft, and you're like, if you have got, say you have like Dak, Darnold, and Jameis Winston or something. Say you have three strong QBs that are going to be QBs for years. Yeah, maybe I'd pass on Burrow for like a a Swift or like a Judy if I'm really struggling wide receiver running back. I'm really high but on Jonathan Swift. In Superflex, I think I'd take Burrow anyways at 101, and then you could just trade one of your QBs if you really want to, but having multiple multiple quarterbacks is never a bad thing in a Superflex league. Tua, I'm just completely out on, man. What? If Tua could play and he becomes a star, good for him, there's just no way I'm doing it. Uh, there's no way I'm taking that risk. He's always hurt. They're calling him the left-handed Drew Brees. I know, but his hip injury apparently is like an injury that, like, his hip will never be the same. Like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not putting my faith in someone like that. I'll tell you what. When you're talking about a dynasty and you're talking about a super flex league, at any given point in the NFL, there are only 32 starting quarterbacks. So if you're in a dynasty super flex league. You want to stack as many quarterbacks as you possibly can because not only is that uh, good for you in the future, it's leverage. Because you want, if you're going to have, because you don't really have people who sit behind stars anymore in the NFL. Like that's kind of a thing of the past. So it's yeah. not like 10 years ago, if you were doing a dynasty league, you could, or even like, I guess it's closer to 20 years now, you could stash Aaron Rodgers and you could hold, hold him on for four years. Nah. That's a lot of stashing. I would I would want to have four, five, maybe six quarterbacks on my roster, depending on how deep my bench is. Because first of all, you're starting two of them. Because in a super flex league, you should be starting a quarterback as your second in your in your super flex. Of course. Yeah. Second, these guys are trade chips because there's going to be a massive hunger for quarterbacks, especially on bye weeks, because they're the hardest to replace on bye weeks. As someone who's played. Who played his first few years and who got his introduction into fantasy in a two quarterback league? I can tell you that quarterbacks all of a sudden become so valuable that you can't even understand. It's it's just quarterbacks. Um, you know, it was funny because we were playing a two QB league when no one was, and then we switched to single QB, and now everyone's playing. And now two people QB. are like switching to superflex. It's I mean, pretty funny. It's it's. I like the fact I like when people say you can't hold more than three quarterbacks on your roster at a time. I, yeah. I would play Superflex if that's the case. Because, I mean, then it's, again, like, I, I remember one year I traded, the year that Carson Palmer joined the Raiders in, like, week six, I had Carson Palmer on my bench, and I stashed him, and I traded him for Tony Gonzalez, who ended up being, like, the tight end two that year. So it was like, like you know what I mean? And it was a good trade. Because it was a, it was a so it, it, it just throws a wrench. It doesn't make oh, it. Oh, dude. It's not I'm the same fantasy season. One, one year. Who did I trade when OBJ was a rookie? Right? Was Derek Carr in the league when OBJ was a rookie? Did they come in at the same time? Because I think it was Derek Carr. Okay. I traded Derek Carr for OBJ to a a QB needy team in a in a two quarterback league. That's what happens. And OBJ went in his rookie season, as we all know. I will tell you this though: if you are in a two quarterback league, it does facilitate trades. One of the reasons why I wanted to make a, we played in a two quarterback league for the, for the longest time is so that trades would go down and trades always went down because people were stuck when their quarterbacks were on bye weeks without a quarterback to take the place and this is a two quarterback league this isn't a super flex league so you can't just like if your quarterback's on a bye week put in James White 
Like you can't do that. You got to put in another quarterback. So, and we were twelve. We were a twelve-team league. So if everyone has three quarterbacks, that makes thirty-four quarterbacks. That's one. That's two quarterbacks that don't exist. Yeah. So there was always teams scraping and scrounging for quarterbacks. It was it was fun. If you, I I, I recommend it for like beginners, but you can't like I don't know. It, it's just a different game. It is. Yeah. All right, so that's it for the People's Podcast today. Thank you guys so much for the questions. We are in the off season, so thank you guys so much for still listening. I know for me, uh, my listening to football podcasts has definitely decreased during this time. So You're not supposed to say that, Tim. Nah, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, whatever. They, they know. No, but, but they listen and they get 15-minute discussions about fasting. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, if you're still listening to us at this point, thank you. Um, we are gearing up for this regular season. We're gearing up for the rookies. Uh, we're going to be uh, talking about that. Next week, you have a guest on? We do. The next two weeks, we have a guest on. Next two weeks, we have guests. You want to say who the guest is next week? Or is it just in case they cancel on us? Or <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I guess we, uh, we could say, well, yeah. the scheduled guest, barring any unforeseen circumstances, uh, Nando DeFino of The Athletic, who I'm a huge fan of. Like, I've been following his work forever. I'm actually an Athletic subscriber. He's the editor, I believe, too, of the fantasy football and fantasy baseball um, articles that they put out. I actually met him personally. That's how I got his contact when we went when I was at the fantasy sports and gaming uh, conference. He's actually on the board for that, too. Michael lives the life of fantasy, by the way. His actual 9-to-5 job is as a compliance officer for a high-functioning, a high-stakes high high fantasy yeah. league. Yeah, and he was one of the nicest people I ever met in my life. We talked for like two minutes, and then he had to go because, you know, he's a busy man. He was on the board, and he had to like go talk to someone about the the conference or whatever. But, yeah, we've been uh, in touch since, and I'm very excited to have him on. Yeah, very excited as well. So we're going to be bringing you that next week. Um, Again, we're going to be giving you the Patreon episode as a free preview this week. If you want to join that Patreon, if you like what you hear, Brodo Fantasy dot com is where you can you know get a link to that or you can go straight to patreon.com slash proto fantasy if you want to follow us on twitter mike where can they find you proto ff mike and if you want to follow jason at proto ff jason if you want to follow me at proto ff tim see what we did there uh also if you want so clever so clever we're just so clever uh also again proto fantasy.com youtube.com slash proto fantasy we're gonna be doing some previews during the summer so make sure to get that we're gonna be doing some the rookie review which is always a popular one yeah the rookie review we're gonna be doing the uh you know free agent stuff as the off season progresses and as the stories get juicier we'll be covering every single one and giving you the fantasy angles of that so stick with us thank you for sticking with us so far uh we'll catch you next time with the free patreon episode until then we're out oh boy oh boy peace Peace.